You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. The week that we remember again Christ's death and resurrection. And uh, just since the Lord challenging me as I was preparing for what to share, to, to get a little bit, maybe a little bit deeper in who Christ is. And uh, over the next few Sundays or next few services, including Good Friday, we're going to be unpackaging who Jesus is from a different, maybe a different perspective that we normally look at it or look at him. Um, and so I hope, I hope we're all together as we move forward. And um, the first one we're looking at today in looking at who Jesus is, is Jesus the curtain. Jesus the curtain. Maybe a strange message for Palm Sunday. But nonetheless, you're going to have to go with it. You've got no choice. And in order for us to start unpackaging about Jesus and who he is, and especially in this aspect of the curtain, um, we need to start at the very beginning. God's intention when he created you and created me was to have a relationship with us, right? To, to dwell with us, to be with us. And we see this right from the very beginning, right from Adam and Eve we see that he would commune with Adam in the cool of the day. He would dwell with Adam. It wasn't a, there was no separation. There was a sense of intimacy. There was a sense of connection with the Father. There was a sense of being one with him. And then, as we know in the story, Adam and Eve chose to sin. And at that point that sin entered the human race and a decision was made for all mankind, there was an immediate separation from the dwelling with God, the sense of being able to connect one-to-one with him. Throughout years, we see the separation happened and, and God revealed himself to individuals. We see people like Enoch, we see people like Abraham that, that God revealed to. But by and large, God was very distant to the average person. God would have been someone that or would have been something that people were aware of, but not necessarily there was a, a personal connection. There certainly wasn't a dwelling with the Lord. But then it was during the time the Israelites started journeying across the desert from Egypt to the promised land that God uh, started to reveal again his original intention, that he wanted to dwell with his people. And he gave them this instruction to build a tabernacle. And uh, right, he, he gave instructions as to how they were to camp around the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was to sit right in the heart of the camp. There were tribes to be camped on either side, on all sides of it. But actually, the, the presence of God was to be in the center of the camp. The tabernacle is to dwell, the dwelling place. He was to dwell in the center of the community. That was his intention. That Suddenly we start to see a return to God's original plan. In the center of the tabernacle was the Holy of Holies, which had the mercy seat of Christ, had the, 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 Ark, of the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant. It, it was representing very much the very presence of God, that his, his Shekinah glory, everything that God was, was in the Holy of Holies. But surrounding the Holy of Holies, separating the, the most holy place or the Holy of Holies and the holy place or the place that the priests would serve was a curtain. And in Exodus 26, verses 31 to 35, we see this. is make a curtain a blue and purple and scarlet yarn, finely twisted together linen, with cherubim worked into it uh, by skillful craftsmen. Hang it with gold hooks on the four posts 
of acacia wood overlaid with gold and standing on four, uh, on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasp and place the Ark of the Testimony behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Put the atonement cover on the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. Place the table outside the curtain on the north side of the tabernacle and put the lampstand opposite it on the south side. And so here we have the most holy place and we have the rest of the tabernacle. It was his dwelling place. It was the God's very presence. But the curtain served as this understanding, foreshadowing of Christ. We see there was in this curtain, it, it, it actually, in, in, in Exodus 35, verse 12, it actually said it was to shield the people. It was to shield. It, it was a barrier, actually. The curtain was a barrier separating people from God's holy presence. So although God's presence was dwelling in the center of the community of the nation, there was still a barrier that was separating them from God's very presence. And as we see in Scripture, the, 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 the priests were to enter once, the high priest was to enter once a year to offer atonement for the sins of the people, but it was done with fear and trembling. It was not done in kind of a, a not kind of a, a, a simple way. There was, there was bells put around the tassels of, of his garment. There was a, a rope put on his ankle that would be out, outside the, the curtain. And so if he didn't come out, they pulled him out. He didn't send in a rescue team. Okay. It was a one shot. And I'm sure if the lot fell on you to be the high priest, I mean, you went in knowing this was serious business. You went in knowing that actually I'm walking into the very presence of God. And if my sin, is not atoned for. I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. And so this curtain that was standing there was to be strong and thick. It was not to be seen through. No one could look through this curtain and peek in to see what was going on. It was, it was there. It was not to be penetrated. In fact, we see even that there was no, there was no divide in the curtain. It really was a supernatural thing entering into the presence of God. How did they enter if there was no entrance? They went through the curtain. Think about it. The tabernacle demonstrated the way God's presence had not yet been revealed. It had not yet been fully made known. His dwelling with people had, although it was there, it was not yet fully there. The curtain served as this constant reminder to the Israelites that sin separated the people from God. The curtain stood as the, as the most primary thing that separated. Why can't I go in there? The curtain tells me I'm not, I'm not able to. It's the barrier. It's the do not go, go there kind of sign. All people were unworthy, not holy to be in God's presence. There was no entrance into the most holy place. No way had been revealed. There was, you couldn't just come on in. You couldn't just have a coffee. There was no costa in the most holy place. You couldn't have a coffee with Jesus. It didn't happen. People could not draw near to God's presence. There was a barrier. I want you to think of it. You couldn't just draw into God's presence. There was a barrier. As I mentioned, the priest would only enter. And again, it says, with fear and trembling, they offered sacrifices for their, for their sins and the sins of the people. Yet their guilt remained. 
They offered the sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, but yet their guilt and their conscience remained. The curtain symbolized physically a spiritual reality that was still in very, is still very much relevant today for anyone who doesn't know Jesus. There's a barrier. Sin serves as this barrier that I can't just come into God's presence because I, I don't have a way. Now, when Jesus came to the earth, he came with a mission to remove the separation between us and him. That was his intention. He came to the world, as we even heard in the Testament. There's, there's this plan he had to, that, that began before the creation of the world. It was decided that he would come to pay for this removal of the separation, of the barrier. In order for this to happen, the old curtain had to be removed. And in Matthew 27, and this is, again, starting to pull it, we're, we're jumping through thousands of years here now, but on the day Jesus died, Matthew 27, 50 to 52, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs were broken open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. When the curtain was torn in two, it was rendered invalid. Something happened. If you can think of it, for centuries, there was a curtain saying, you cannot come in here. Suddenly, when Jesus died, this curtain opened. It tore in two. What a shock to anyone in the temple that day. <gasps> the curtain ripped. There's a problem. And yet we're still alive. What's happened? This curtain that was to divide us in God's presence was now opened. And in the physical realm, there was something that shifted. But in the spiritual realm, what happened is the most holy place suddenly became accessible for everyone. What was a barrier that says this is a no-go zone at the point that Jesus died became an entrance point. A way has suddenly been made. Again, if you have a wall and suddenly there's an opening in the wall, there's a way made. You can go through it. The curtain was a solid curtain. When there was a split in the curtain, there was a way. There's an entrance now into God's presence. No one would die if they entered that space anymore. In fact, we don't see anywhere in Scripture someone entering into the most holy of holies without, with, and dying from this point forward. God's presence was not confined to one physical location either. Shifted. Again, going back to the original point, so God's intention with mankind is to dwell with us, to live with us. That was His intention with Adam. Was was not that there was this separation, but we, we see it from the tabernacle, and then we see it when Jesus comes. This what was confined to one place in one nation in one location. Suddenly, it was opened, and it was no longer about one location. It shifted. It wasn't about going to Jerusalem and going to the temple and, and coming to one place in all of the planets where God's presence would reside. Suddenly, it was no longer there. And obviously, God dwells everywhere and wasn't confined to that location, but that location represented something much bigger. What happened in the physical realm manifested was a manifestation of what happened in the spiritual realm. When Jesus died upon the cross... He became the curtain standing between us and the Father, standing between us and the presence of God. And we're going to read in Hebrews, and this is really where we're getting to today, is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 23. 
It says this, it says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let's, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus, as the curtain reveals the following things, that a way had been, had been made available. Now Jesus said, uh, in John chapter 14, 6, right? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me. I want us to think of this from this perspective. Jesus has become the curtain. When he says, you can't come to the Father except through me. Physically even, through me. I am now the curtain. I'm going to be standing between us, between you and the presence of God. No one can come. I am the only way. Again, he was speaking to the Israelites, speaking to a crowd of people who would have known the only way into the presence of God was through the curtain. Right? He is saying, I am becoming the curtain. Now, people didn't understand it at the time, but we see it now in the fullness of, of, of Scripture. Jesus became this curtain that we can come through Him. We, he, there was a new way that was made available. It was accessible now to all people. It wasn't for the high priest. It wasn't just for the pastor or, or some individual once a year. But actually, through Jesus, now we had entrance into God's holy presence. Everyone had this, ex this, this accessibility. Isn't that amazing? What a shift. Think of it, guys. All through history, from the time of the tabernacle to the time of Jesus, one person got to enter the presence of God once a year. And suddenly, Jesus says, I am now that curtain, and anyone can come to the Father through me anytime they like. I've, be create, I've created something new. The old curtain has been ripped in two, and I am now standing in the place of that curtain. I stand in the place of the curtain, and if you wanted to go to the Father, I am the way. There is no other way. The same thing in Israel. There was no other way but through the curtain to get into the Holy of Holies. Jesus said, I become that curtain. If you want to get there, you've got to go through me. I'm standing in the way, but I'm also standing as the doorway. I'm standing as a passageway. And it's, a, it's accessible for all, whether you're Jew or you're Gentile, whether you're, you're someone who thinks you're good enough or, or not good enough. Actually, through Jesus, you can enter into the presence of God. Through Jesus, you can experience who He is. Wow! Christina mentioned this, her saying, you know what, if I give my life to, to Jesus... What have I got to lose? But if Jesus is there, what have I got to gain? I got everything to gain. What happens? She experiences the presence of God. By putting your faith in Jesus, suddenly you walk through the curtain. In a spiritual context, you walk through a curtain and now you enter into God's presence. Does this make sense? Yes. Not only can we be, uh, not only is it accessible to all, but we can actually have confidence entering into God's presence when we pass through Jesus. Right? It says in verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence. I want you to say the word confidence. Confidence. Why is that important to even be said? Did the priests in the Old Testament have confidence in entering the Holy of Holies? No. Because it says they walked in with fear and trembling. There, there was a, their life was on the line if they didn't do everything completely right. 
it was certainly not with confidence that they would enter the Holy of Holies. But here we have over and over, actually in Hebrews, it says, you can come boldly before the throne of grace. You can come boldly. You can have confidence. Now, is a confidence because of who you are, because of the curtain in which we pass through. The confidence we have is because when we pass through Jesus, something changes in us. Through Jesus, our sins have been removed. And I want you to kind of, if you can picture this, this imaginary curtain, and you've got all your sin, and maybe you kind of look like a homeless person, you've got all kind of stuff in your life, and you walk through this curtain, and on the other side of the curtain, you are spotless. You step through it, and suddenly you are a different person. Back away from the curtain, and the old you is there. You step into the curtain, you step into Jesus, and actually, there's a change that happens. And on the other side of the curtain, you are who God created you to be. You are perfect. You are clean. You are holy. You are blameless. As we step through the curtain into Jesus, as we step through the, the curtain into God's presence, our sins are removed. We have the righteousness of Christ. He became sin for us so that we would have His righteousness. He took all of our stuff upon Him so that when we walk through Him, actually, we receive everything that Jesus was and is. We, we have that. That's who we are now. And so we, we walk into God's presence with the righteousness. We stand before God, holy and blameless. And then it's nothing because of what we've done. It's just we've chosen to walk through the curtain. We've walked through the passageway and through that process of just simply saying yes to Jesus for our lives, we become blameless and holy before Him. You and I have done nothing other than said yes to Jesus. What an amazing thing. We can come confidently before His throne. And it's a living way. Christ is a curtain that, but also gives life when we come through Him. So again, if you can kind of think of it, we're a dead, we're dead in our transgressions, and yet we walk into the curtain and something comes alive in us. Something changes in us. We become new creations in the process of walking through the curtain. We walk into the curtain and something that was dead in you comes alive in you. This is amazing stuff, guys. This is what it's all about. This is why Jesus came, so that He could become the curtain. So He become the doorway, the passageway in which we could come in God's presence. Why? Because we were created to be in His presence. He intended all alone that we would dwell with Him, that we would be in relationship with Him, that we would have our, our being in Him. If we weren't created that we would just kind of get along on our own. He created us so that we would walk with Him, that we would talk with Him, that we would know Him. And He's created a way, a perfect way, a living way, that when we go through Him, we find the purpose of our life. We find life and life to the full through the curtain. If you want to try to live life on the other side of the curtain, you're missing the ball game. You're missing the point. True life is found on the other side of the curtain. It's where it all happens. For joy is, not joy, here. Joy's in Spain today. But true joy is on the other side of the curtain. Peace is on the other side of the curtain. Love is found on the other side of the curtain. Sureness in, in life is found on the other side of the curtain. And you think if, if it could 
Be so simple. You just have to get through the curtain and you'll find it all. But the curtain is Jesus. And no matter how we look at it, no matter what kind of uh, way we package it up, there's only one way into God's presence at this stage now, and it's through Jesus. You can try to find other religions, you can find other belief systems, but you'll never find what's on the other side of the curtain. You'll only be found left wanting. Because only Jesus, only on the other side of Jesus, is the fullness of life. It, that's the only place we find it. And again, you can go through Allah, you can go through all sorts of uh, Buddha, you can go through all sorts of other religions, and you can, you can, you can find certain things, but you won't find the presence of God. I guarantee you that much. And in the presence of God is fullness of joy. That's what we see in scripture, in the presence. But how do we get into the presence of God? We get it through Jesus. And so what is our response to this? What's the whole point of this? We need to then draw close to God. It says, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy fault, you know, we need to draw near. In Hebrews 4, 16, it says, we draw close to God with confidence, divine help in our time of need. What is the point? Why did Jesus come? It's so that we could draw near to him. So we could draw near to God's presence so that we could know him. And I think as believers, you know, how often are we drawing into his presence when this way has been made? It isn't something you just do on a Sunday. or It isn't just something you do Easter and Christmas. It isn't something you do just once in a while. But actually, we come boldly before His throne of grace. Every time we need help, every time we just need to be with the Father, we can just come into His presence. This is His intention. It's His, his intention that we live out what He originally intended for our lives, to do, dwell with God. In fact, what shifts in from Jesus to, to, to this point the tabernacle, which then became the temple, was the, the place where God's presence rested. And then Jesus says, I have become the curtain into his presence. But actually the shift happens at the point when Jesus dies and resurrection. We put our faith in, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are actually carers of the tabernacle. He dwells in us. We don't have to go to certain locations, some kind of Mecca location to find God's presence. His presence now dwells in me. In me. I have the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so when I walk through the curtain, I become the temple. This is what the Bible says. It might seem wacky, seem crazy, but read it. It's in there. You and I become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. You and I become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies, our spirits, we contain God's presence. And so we, we, we press in, we draw close to him, but actually he's in us also. And it's as his presence dwells in us. Can I just tell you this? This is, is that his presence reaches other people through our lives. In fact, we also become the curtain to the people around us where God's spirit touches people through our lives. You are God's present. You're God's curtain to the world around you. Jesus is God's curtain into God's presence. But when we're in Jesus, we become the curtain in which God makes his appeal through us. Does this make sense? We, God makes his appeal through us. He's now working through our lives. And every time you go to work, you are bringing the tabernacle of God to work. 
You are bringing God's presence into your household. You're bringing God's presence into your neighborhood shop. You're bringing God's presence everywhere you go. You can think of it. You got Jesus in you. You're carrying around the tabernacle inside of you. And everywhere you go, Jesus' presence is there. You can go to the, the most awful places on the planet. And Jesus' presence is there because you're there. It's no longer about, and Jesus says it's no longer about worshiping in Jerusalem or going someplace to find, it's actually, it's a spiritual thing and we now contain His presence. This is amazing. You and I, we have a, a call on our lives to know Him, but also to make Him known. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago and it wasn't just to die on a cross and you know, have a story that we could remember at Easter time. But the whole purpose is so that we would, we would take advantage of the way that He has made for you and I. We would take advantage of this in our lives. And again, because we haven't grown up in, in maybe this context that the Israelites grew up in, maybe we don't fully appreciate the value that we have. The value we have of coming to God's presence. We can worship God together and His presence dwells in our midst. You know, this is something that did not happen 2,000 years ago. That we could come into His presence, we could know His presence, that we could give our lives to Him and, and He would come and dwell. This did not happen before Jesus. This did not happen before then because Jesus has created this way. And you and I have this amazing ability to come into His presence Every time we're going through things, every time we're struggling with things. And again, I think when, when we're, we're struggling, especially whether it's temptation or sin or whatever it is, often there's a temptation to pull away from God's presence. But he says, no, no, no. I want you to draw near to my presence. Because I've, I've created a way. And I, and actually we're going to look in, in one of these coming sessions about Christ being the high priest. But we have a high priest who sympathizes with us because he was tempted in every way as we are. Yet without sin, it says. So he understands, he can sympathize with us, what we're going through. But he creates a way in which we can draw near to him because he's made a perfect way that isn't dependent upon you being good enough or ticking enough boxes or praying enough or fasting enough or, or doing whatever enough to come into his presence. But it's actually completely based upon all that Jesus has accomplished on the cross. That every time I'm struggling, even I fail, even when I don't quite get it right, I can still come boldly before a throne of grace because it's all about what Jesus has done. It's all about coming through the curtain of Jesus Christ and not about coming through my good works. It's not up to me. But the response that God calls us to is to draw near to Him. Draw near. And you know, we have this amazing passage of scriptures. If we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. If we come closer to Him, He will come closer to us. There's, there's a, he's, he's calling us. And there's a sense, even this last week, we've, we spent three days of a church intentionally praying and fasting, just asking God to move. And I believe as we call upon Him, as we draw close to Him, He will move in a greater capacity in our own lives as we give way to Him. But the whole point of this is that we don't need to come with fear and trembling, but we can come before Him with confidence, knowing that all of our sins are forgiven. All of our, our past, all of our failures are washed away. And we are standing before the Lord blameless because we've walked through the curtain of Jesus Christ. And this is the confidence 
that we can have as a believer that I am in good relationship with Jesus, with the Father because of what Jesus has done through me and for me. And I've chosen to walk through Him. And because of that, I can know Him. I can experience Him. I can have all that He has available to me. Because through the curtain, He sees me as Christ. He sees me as His own, who He created me to be. I want to encourage you. I hope in some ways this, this speaks some truth into your hearts that God has made a way for you so that you can draw near to Him with confidence. That's the whole point. Why? Because God wants to tabernacle with you. He wants to dwell with you. He didn't create you so that He would be somewhere distant and you would be somewhere over here on planet Earth. But He created you so that He could dwell with you. He wants to be in the center of your life, the center of your circumstances, the center of what you're going through. But we need to go through the way. We need to press in. We need to come boldly. And He will be there to help us in our time of need. We have that promise. But in the so doing, when we draw near, even as Christina shared in her testimony, as we draw near to Him, as we pass through, pass through Jesus, you know, we become a testimony to the world around us. We become, again, that tabernacle for the world around us, looking at where the presence of God is. As they watch our lives, as they see Jesus working through us, people around us are touched and changed as a result. I want to close in prayer. Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.